Today on the Real Guy Podcast, we have Chelsea Miranda from Miranda Farms in Davie, Florida. This is where you get a little bit of country right in the slap middle of the city. I hope you guys enjoy this episode with Chelsea from Miranda Farms. Clear the airwaves. The Lunker Dog is on the air. Are you ready? This is the Real Guy Podcast. You know, we'd always have, like, every year or every other year, you'd have to scrape the barnacles off your dock. There's no barnacles on the docks anymore. Dude. It's, like, dead. It's just gray, black algae. Yeah. Slime. And it's totally nuts. And it smells. Yeah. I mean, we're on the new river, you know, the, you know, Riverland Road. And even back there, it's just all changed. Muck. Muck, exactly. And that's what happens. They, they, um, they open that lock up there in Davie. goes right down the new river. And that basically is the, the water that is in our river now. And that's nasty water. That's dead water. You know what I mean? They just dump it into the river all the time. And, um, it's kind of like a microcosm of what's happening with ne- National Liberty Park mm-hmm. or, say, Stewart and also um, Fort Myers. Because in Stewart and Fort Myers, that's where the lake distar- discharges. Right. But in huge volume. We well, got the same exact thing. It's just smaller here. Well, now, isn't there something they're tagging for the alligator, um, you know, to catch a gator? They have different areas where you catch gators. So if you're in the runoff area where the gators are lethargic and just poisoned to death and black and, like, have no life to them, that's a less expensive tag than... I didn't know that. Me either. I just learned this. <laughs> really? So it's a less expensive tag, tag. according to the so the runoff quality area. Uh, yeah, of it's, the water, which... In- it's some, it's, they've got it sectioned off. <laughs> I had no clue. Me either. I had no clue. Hey, guys, welcome to the Real Guy Podcast. I got my girl Chelsea in here from Miranda Farms. Chelsea, it's great to have you in the Lunker Dog Studios. Thanks for having me, Jeff. I turned off the air conditioner so we don't have a hum behind us. All right. But if you start getting warm. If I have a hot flash, I'm coming for you. Let me know. I got the remote control, and then the people just have to listen to a little bit of hum. But anyway, Chelsea, um, from Miranda Farms, um, if you guys don't know what Miranda Farms is, um, it's a special place. And it's a special place because old-time Fort Lauderdale people are living like old times. You actually have a farm out there. What goes on out there at Miranda Farms? So Miranda Farms started about 14 years ago. We started at a little one-acre plot in Fort Lauderdale. And the whole idea was to expand. Um, one acre, downtown Fort Lauderdale. We moved out of there five years ago. Well, hold on. On that one acre, that was right downtown, yeah. right? Right up next to the uh, tracks, correct? Yep. 17th Street. We were right between 17th and Davie on 14th Street, across the street from the hospital, next to tap, behind Tap 42 now. Okay. So for the audience, just so you know, that's slap in the middle of town. It's not exactly what you would call green pastures and stuff. whole lot of parking lots, whole lot of concrete. And then we had Miranda Farms right in the middle. And what were you guys just doing at that location? At that location, we were, we started off. So Fred lost his job in 07 with Moss Construction Management. 
and I chose to leave to help him on this venture. So we were starting our own company. We decided what better way when let's go back, rewind. Okay. Sorry. We're going to go back to the crash of the economy in 07. Okay. And Fred and I, we got hurt pretty bad. We had to lose some property and, and you know, it was a shit show for a while. And then we decided we got a contract with Bank of America. They were our bank. And it was to go in and mow and blow. And they gave us about four. First, it started with 2,000 properties. So we were able to hire people just to go in, mow and blow these foreclosed properties. Then it turned into 4,000. And then before we knew it, we needed we needed a... Sorry about that. Yeah. We needed we a um, location. Right. So we found this property. And it was tucked back, bunch of junkies. It used to be the old Brownies. Brownies right. was there. Right. And they'd close down at 4 a.m. till 6 a.m. Clean the place up. So they'd come hang out over at our place. Oh, the shoot the, up and uh, then go back. All the losers and degenerates <laughs> would just kind of transfer over for a couple hours. Yeah. They'd leave the <laughs> hospital. They were in their hospital gowns. It was it was quite a scene. <laughs> Good God. So um, we found this property. It was a whole one acre. had plenty of room for trucks and, um, you know, Fred to put mulch in if we had to get it ready for sale. Um, Fred was covering pools. So we were able to kind of build on this thing. What better person to call than your Joe Blow lawn maintenance company than to call it Miranda Farms? That was the initial. I was going back to school. Um, I wanted to kind of finish up my environmental science. and But originally, I was going to go back for my master's in history. Mm-hmm. Started doing some undergrad work. Had a break. Went across the street with the IFAS Center, um, the local IFAS. Met a couple um, teachers over there. Took me under their wing. Really kind of got going in the environmental science program then (laughs) i know right so then we go ahead and um i decided i'm going to get an environmental science degree screw get my master's in history i'm not going to be a history teacher right i can't stand kids barely my own anyway (laughs) so that wasn't going to happen then i go ahead and so we meet up i start meeting with a lot of different farmers. I'm doing some work, um, some like undergrad work for uh, some of these teachers and professors. And um, lo and behold, I'm like meeting farmers all over the center, you know, central Florida and even South Florida. And I'm doing soil testing and I'm doing this and that. We're kind of helping out the Department of Ag and um, University of Florida really gets heavily involved in a lot of the... Um, ag world. Ag world. You know, it's an agricultural college. Right. Um, so I got involved with all that stuff. Little did I know that Fred had... We were getting this property, and we were going ahead and setting up shop, and we had all this irrigation. So I said, well, I know all these farmers. Maybe I'll just set up a little market since I got to sit here all day anyway. Mm-hmm. And um, started talking to the farmers, bringing in some produce. Um, and from then on, it was like some guy came in and said, could you imagine someday if you just had 200 customers come in? 
Right. And really before I knew it, you know, the Miami Herald reached out, the um, Sun Sentinel reached out. I had, you know, WSBN and Channel 4 and 10, blah, 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 blah. And uh, before I knew it, you know, it was a million-dollar business. Wow. Multi-million, you know? I mean, we were doing crazy numbers. And, and you're selling produce. Selling organic produce. Nice. I remember because um, that's kind of when I learned about it. And the moms at St. Anthony's and across downtown here yeah. were, like, loving it. And they're talking about, oh, I went out to Miranda Farms and got this. Oh, I went out to Miranda Farms and got that. And I'm thinking to myself, what the hell is Chelsea doing out there? Well, you know, when I was up at University of Florida back in the early 90s, um, we would grow weed out in the farms, like way out in the woods. Gainesville Green? Yeah, yeah, Gainesville Green. <laughs> and um, so we would grow a little bit out there, you know, probably just enough for personal use. Maybe you'd sell a little bit here and there, whatever, and it cover books. Um, it is a capitalist society. <laughs> you know, we were kids. Well, you know, it was the 90s. What else are you going to do? Um, but, uh, yeah, so I dabbled a little bit. So then it, we got into hydroponics, and I wanted to learn more and more about that. So then I started a whole hydroponics garden on about a half, a, half of the acreage out there. Then the city of Hollywood's calling, saying, you got to take in some animals because you're the only farm here in town. Then I had to get the land deeded um now that's the agricultural land. exempt this right. is the downtown fort lauderdale this is all still in downtown yeah. fort lauderdale okay so we're going on and then i'm having to you know cross this bear you know bear this cross and it was like jumping through hoops a lot of regulation huh? the bigger i got the more problems i got right so i was like Ugh. then the city of fort lauderdale wanted to purchase the property and put a firehouse on there because they wanted one on the east side of the tracks and, you know, that invitation was turned down. And then it just got to the point where, you know, it was the last one acre. It took me about eight years and pressing the town of Davie to take over Batten's farm, which was an old strawberry farm that was world famous remember, way back in the day. Yeah, I remember doing, going there and you could pick your own there too. Yeah, you yeah. used to have a you-pick strawberry farm. Well, if you know what old man Batten used to grow those strawberries, you wouldn't put them anywhere near your mouth this day. <laughs> I heard that, and stories, there's so many stories. He actually bought out the chemical company in order that the government would no longer allow him to use on his farm. So the amount of chemicals and nutrients he was using out there was just so old school and over the top Ugh. that modern-day people wouldn't even eat that shit anymore. Nah. Okay. It's like equivalent to Agent Orange or something. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it's screwed up. So years go by. Nobody wants the property. Nobody can grow on it. Even though he grew, you know, underneath the power lines. I'm sure, you know, those goofy strawberries. <laughs> okay. But, um, but he still had the 10 acres. He didn't grow on that 10 acres, but he was planning on, We had, he had a 15,000 square foot structure. We put the pole barn. He had a pole barn out back, uh, actually to the north of the property. And then he had over like seven and a half acres behind the property, right. running up to the water. And I tested the water. The water was perfect. I said, okay, that's step one. They said there was arsenic in the ground. We tested the um, soil. There was no arsenic. And it had been, what, about a decade since anybody had planted anything there. But he didn't grow there. Right. 
So there was a lot of animals. It was actually pretty decent soil, but it gullied down. So we had to bring in soil, and we brought in a lot of muck, Everglades muck, as they continue to build out there. Brought that in. Now, this is a new place. This isn't Davie. And we ended up leaving the Mirando Farms east and moving the entire operation out west to 10 acres. So we had one acre that we used to do hydroponics, soil-based gardening, and aquaponics. All right, so you went from just being a distributor retailer to being a grower, getting your own farm out there in Davie, total of how many acres? 10. 10 10-acre farm, which is a big farm for Broward County, right? Yeah. Well, at least the east east side of Broward County, the developed side of Broward County. Now, Davie, when we were kids, I mean, that was like, you know, horse farms, tons I mean, you went out there, but it was like being in the Wild Wild West or whatever, right? <laughs> it was. You still I get mean, that feel out there in Davie? We do get that country feel. I tell you, the um, you know, the town of Davie, the town council, they have been really wonderful and easy to work with. They listen. Um, you can go to you know their monthly town meetings and. Um, the entire town council has just been really wonderful to work with. So, yeah, we love our rodeo. A little different than Fort Lauderdale? It is, you know. <laughs> no, Fort Lauderdale's I mean, a tough place to do business. Jeez Louise. I mean, you know, I was lucky enough to have a relationship with Lee Feldman, you know, way back when. And, and he was a pretty good guy. Um, and uh, he tried. He tried. They didn't want us to leave Fort Lauderdale they didn't want the property to be sold. So, you know, it, that was a whole nother shit show. There was, <laughs> they wanted to sign petitions that you can't build and it needs to stay agriculture. And it's like, you can't stop progress, you know? Well, Sooner or later, it's going to happen. Especially here. Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. Oh, yeah. So, I, it was so funny. I was just driving here down Sistrunk and holy cow. Yeah, totally. That, I, I was just writing. I was just writing some text um, this week about Fort Lauderdale, and I wrote in a paragraph that this place has been so exploited in the last twenty years that it's hard for me to recognize my own town sometimes. Me too. Remember and, Ocean World on Seventeenth Street Causeway? I do remember that. Think about this: the water was so good back when Ocean World was around. That they used the water right out of the canal Canal. system for their aquariums and their wildlife at... Right. I remember that. Right. And now the water is so gross and so polluted that that was a whole nother world ago. But Davey's been able to at least maintain that country feel, and they're actually working with people like yourself so you can have a successful farm out there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can, you know, it's very equestrian, you know, so you've got, you know... I, Sammy, my youngest, is now riding, and she was riding English, and now she decided she wants to start barrel racing. Nice. So getting yeah, into the rodeo girl. She's going to be a rodeo girl. And, Very cool. And uh, yeah, she's got a couple of horses, so um, we're going to see how that goes. And that Bergeron rodeo still goes on every it is year. So freaking fun, dude! The uh, you got to come with us. The yuppies, yeah, I was going to say the yuppies downtown now go out to that rodeo, and they rave about it it is it is so hometown it's so you know country it is so you know you've got the protesters outside when you're driving in oh do you oh yeah 
The the greenies are out there freaking out about the animals. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The, the, but you know, it's <laughs> it's a sport like anything else, and you know they think they're being mistreated, and they're probably. <laughs> You know. Well, now it's not just the uh, rodeos. They're basically protesting out in front anyway. of all sports events nowadays. So, you know, join the club. Jo- yeah, you know, jump on the bandwagon. Go shows a rodeo led the way. <laughs> but unbelievable. So what do you... So, Bunch right. of wuss bags. So Chelsea, on her way over today, uh, sends me uh, a text. And there's some little... What are those, goats? Baby goats. So you're over here again doing... <laughs> what were you doing, you said I helped deliver these birthing baby goats this morning. Oh, I'm okay. hearing the mama crying, crying, and I knew she was had some full teats, but I'm still new at this whole farming thing, especially the animal husbandry part. You know, birthing, and it it takes me by surprise every single time. So you know, I'm lucky enough that I've got a couple good vets on standby all the time when I run into problems, but. We had, um, it's been a really wacky week. We took in two emus. Okay, emus. <laughs> that were, we rescued two emus, I'll take that back, that were left to die out in Southwest ranches. They were emaciated, you know, they were super thin. So the rescue people came, took them. They had it for a couple weeks, something like that. They needed a place to put them. We... Of course, everybody calls us now. And um, we took him in. And we had a cow, Mason. Oh, that damn bull. He's, he hates these emus. They scared the crap out so of him. So the bull and the emus don't get along. No. And who knew? So like, like Mason, you know, sometimes I just call him a heifer. But, you know, he's jumping fences and crashing through fences and knocking them down. Because he's scared to death of these emus. In the middle of this, this morning, I'm chasing... Yesterday, I spent six and a half hours chasing a damn cow. I gave up. Then today, Fred's like, come on, we got to get this cow back. And I'm like, we're not getting the cow. I said, Fred, the Rosie the goat is having babies right now. This is real farm life going on out there. Shut up. Right, right between freaking 75 and 595 and freaking 4 million people down there in Dade County, Chelsea's over here delivering goats and playing with freaking emus and Mason the bull. All I want to do is have a little farmer's market till I found my next career choice. All right, let's stop for a second. How many animals do you have total on the farm? I don't know. Approximately. 75, not including the chickens. Okay. And all these animals? Most of them have been rescued. Okay, but right. we're paying, you know, I got to have a male and I got to have a female. So if I have to buy a partner for somebody, but now we're reproducing, it's Are a very healthy farm. Well, that's what I was going to ask. You can take these rescue animals and end up making money with them? We can. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah, we've got this breeding hog and uh, a stud that are producing a nice income. Nice. And then what are you growing out there? Mostly going to be tomatoes, small to medium-sized tomatoes. It's kind of what we're known for. Okay. You know, you mix it with the horse manure and the cow manure just right, and they're pretty tasty. So we get a nice penny for those, you know, five, $5 a pound. And people, we can't keep them on the shelf. Wow, okay, good. So that, and then we grow, like, some heirloom, you know, some carrots or broccolis and cauliflower and, you know, sugar snaps and green beans and... Um, 
pickles and little cuckoo melons and then when the season you know that's fall winter and then when the spring comes in we're planting um watermelons and cantaloupe and oh, okay it was our first year of harvesting about 57 watermelon i was kind of proud of that and then what are you retailing everything that you're growing yeah you don't even wholesale it out you just sell what you make no. sell what you grow well i work with about 22 24 different organic farms throughout the season mm-hmm. in central florida and um so working with them that's when we kind of bring in my 10 acres, I can produce probably about 10%. And we do a lot of, like, farm-to-fork fundraisers and dinners and specialties, weddings that, you know, want everything from the farm. So you get a premium price for that. Right. Um, I'm producing it. I'm growing it, harvesting. We're doing all the work. So you try to, instead of retail, I bring in from some different organic farms because it really would probably only produce about 15% of what we sell. Oh, okay. All right, all right. So you're helping out the other small farms around to get the price that they need to get, keep alive, and that kind of thing. That's Absolutely. Farmer helping farmer thing. Yep. Yeah, we could, we call that you know we we do that in the real guy network. Real guys help real guys, and I guess real farmers help real farmers. That's that's the goal. Now, I've only been well, I've been to your place a few times, of course, when it was around the corner by the tracks. Yeah. And we bought stuff, and then I went to your place I think twice now. Um, since you've been out in Davy, And one day we just went out there and bought stuff. But the other time I went, I went out to see a country singer called Ricky Valido. Yeah. Now explain it. it. Dude, it was a great time. It was a great venue. And um, I was floored when I went out <laughs> there and saw that. Now explain that side of the farm. Because when I went out there, dude, they had a country, a country band. There was probably 100 people hanging out under what seemed to be like a giant tiki. Everybody had a great time. We were getting drinks. We were, <laughs> I mean, it was just a good night out. It now, how the hell did... <laughs> talk to me about that part of the farm. Right? So we do. We've got a 5,000-square-foot pole barn. It's got a you know tin roof on it. It's, um, it's pretty breathtaking. I thought I was just going to... Originally, you know, I didn't... Now that- I knew when... I knew when it was on the property that it was going to be something kind of special. Couldn't imagine it until we really started to get down to the soup and nuts of nuts and bolts of how the business plan was going to work. Once I got like sort of an okay and we weren't going to turn it into condos and um, we were going to kind of keep it. I had helped with an agricultural grant which was a land preservation grant which um, acquired about 4.2 million dollars so instead of what I was gonna do is I was gonna originally write it through our nonprofit for Mirando Farms out east kind of change it up when the wave came by that's kind of where I was going originally with the grant then I decided to hell with this place sell it make some money move out west Batten Farms became available. I get this grant. I go to the town. I'm telling them, listen, we can't, you can't sell this property. You got to keep it. It's, you know, it's history. It's, they listened. And so this land preservation grant, it was great. It really helped us 
get our feet off the ground. Um, the town was super supportive. The county was super supportive, even though they're a pain in my ass. Well, government's but, you know, always going to be a pain in the ass. That's always government, right? And, you know, I'm not the politician type. So, you know, <laughs> I, I do things and I ask for forgiveness later. So instead of asking permission, I ask for forgiveness. <laughs> Yeah, I think <laughs> that's, that's how I roll. I think that's where you got to get shit done, unfortunately, right? <laughs> right. And um, so, anyway, it was pretty cool. So, yes, this barn is amazing and it's super special. Um, we ended up concreting it, and um, now we have weddings and birthday parties and anniversary parties, and um, it can seat 450 people. Nice. We built an outdoor kitchen and a concrete bar and. Um, yeah, we've put a few bucks into it, and uh, now that we've spent a lot of money on the farm, hopefully in the next five years we can start, you start, know, start get some of return. that, start making that return. <coughs> but it's been really nice. Um, we had to postpone about 13 weddings, you know, due to COVID, Ugh. but everybody postponed, except for one canceled, um, you know, and, uh, and, you know, it's starting to become quite the wedding venue, and I love more and more to have um you know these concerts we love country music ricky valido what a great kid local kid um love supporting him and his band the hialeah hillbillies right right and um you know we we like keeping it local let me tell you a story about ricky valido tell me um the reason I get introduced to Ricky Valido is because the big Bursa man Bursa says, hey, Chelsea's having this country singer that I really like out at her farm. Let's go out there. Let's friggin' have a good night out. <clears throat> so we go out there and had a great night. Loved Ricky. Great performer. Right. And um, brought all the girls with us and big crowd of people and everybody had a great time. And then my co-host for the podcast here, Stephen Busaka. Yeah. Same age as Ricky. So I t he asked me, he says, dude, what did you, you know, what, the, what were you doing with the birthday the other night? I said, oh, I went to see this country singer named Ricky Valido. I was like, Ricky Valido? He goes, I'm buddies with that dude. <laughs> Since we were kids, we used to hang out before he started, before we got famous and all that kind of stuff. And it was just kind of weird that my co-host was buddies with Ricky. And then we had Ricky in, and he was on the Real Guy podcast just <laughs> about a month ago. I know, I saw it. And uh, it was great. People loved it. People loved to hear the story about the Hila Hillbillies. But I like it better because... Bursa brings me to your place, and then I get to meet Ricky, and then now we're all kind of like part of the same network of people. Kind of neat. It is pretty neat. And on, what, October 24th, you're having Ricky Valido back out at Miranda Farms? We are. How's, how do you see that going? Because that's what's going to be your first big event since the COVID bullshit. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to set up some tables inside with chairs around them. Uh, I think I've got six people to a table. Um, maybe we can do eight to ten now that everything's lifted, and um, then we're gonna have some lawn seats on the outside. So prices will start at like seven dollars and fifty cents. You know, get make sure we know, right? That's pretty. That's pretty. <laughs> Dave, that's pretty Davy. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's, what, that's what we pay for a Heineken down here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so come on out, and the, you know, and then the tables they'll run. You know, the back of the house they'll be like fifteen, ten, fifteen bucks, and then in front of the house are like twenty bucks. Tape seat okay. so it, it should be fun support a local kid you know let him make some money and local kid and, at a uh, local farm yeah we'll have drinks and we'll have food out there and um hay I rides just, for the kids yeah hay rides for the kids right, how does that work 
Well, we're just going to throw the kids on, fire up the tractor, and take, take them around. So Let them see the hogs. We got two of the biggest hogs in Broward County. Largest hogs in Broward County. I'd like to be known for the largest hogs in Broward County. One's about 1,000 pounds, and the other one's about, yeah, he's about 650, 670. That's bragging rights. Yeah, <laughs> brother. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, um, I'm going to invite all of our audience out to Miranda Farms. I think that's the perfect venue um after this covid stuff there's plenty of space it's outdoors people can feel comfortable gathering but not being you know climbing all over each other and um entertainment's gonna be top notch with ricky valido and then uh, you're gonna have food out there yeah we'll have burgers and dogs and probably some pulled pork keep it simple um it's pretty redneck yeah just keep it in the country <laughs> <laughs> right on well um yeah, I look forward to doing that. Um, I was talking to the wife about it. Burst has already called and confirmed that he wants to go. And um, I'm going to invite everybody in the Real Guide Network to come out there simply because um, we weren't able to do our LonkerCon event this year because of COVID. And that's where we get all the fishermen together and kind of hang out. But um, Shoot the shit? Yeah. Well, I think it will be the perfect thing. We're going to uh, help you promote that. Um, Thanks, buddy. Yeah. It's... Uh, it's like a, kind of like the real guy thing to do. You know what I mean? Keeping it country. Yeah. The uh, Did you ever think in high school, coming out of Stranahan, that uh, you might be a farmer one day? Fuck no. Right? <laughs> no way. You know, it all happened by accident. You know? This whole... You know, I was working for... Uh, first place out of college... Windridge Yachts, Kathleen Windridge. Remember her? Mm-hmm. Crazy lady. <laughs> Good Lord, I survived that then. I'd say one out of three people that grew up here or were around here for a long time were crazy. <laughs> it's kind of just something you had to deal with. My Lord, then it was um, Hutch Hutchinson, and I was kind of an event coordinator. Started with Windridge Yachts and then went over to Hutch Hutchins and Hatteras Motor Yachts and planned his walkers, you know, the... Um, all of his fishing tournaments and then worked for Pete Woods. So I was always kind of in the yachting industry. Um, which, but, you, which people would kind of figure for, for right, Fort Lauderdale, Florida girl, Florida, you know, right? Fort Lauderdale girl, love the beach, dated surfers, you know, I mean, who knew? Um, chefs, they had a few of those around. So like food, like, hanging, you know, being on beach. And, um, and then I met Fred. And, uh, you know. You became a farmer. I became a farmer. What's the quality of life like between the two lifestyles? Oh, my gosh. It's so different. It took some adjusting, too, in the beginning. But then we found our rhythm. And then at the new place, you know, it was a little off. You know, Fred's trying to figure out what his job is. I'm trying to figure out with mine. It, you know, went ten times. So where we could... The one acre, we, you know, had a kind of rhythm. Ten acres, you're talking about a lot more property. You're talking about mowing that lawn three days out of the week just, you know, right. make it look decent. So that took a little bit of getting used to. But, um, you know, we have an apartment out there. It's a, you know, two-bedroom, two-bath apartment that's right on top of our storefront and on top of our office. 
and um, it's pretty amazing. We actually like stay there a lot. <laughs> um, like moved in there the past two years, more or less. Um, and uh, yeah, we wake up every morning to the rooster crowing and <laughs> and you know a horse running free or jumping out and cows going crazy and but um you enjoying it, that more than the old city life i am you're feeling I'm it? actually so frustrated driving in fort lauderdale well jesus that's not hard to do to get frustrated here there's more construction more chaos than i've ever seen in this town and i don't town. even recognize the landscape you know i've been out in um davy now five years um, the businesses moved out there, so you know you're missing all the traffic and this and that. And you know, after three o'clock, it's just a shit show around. And you were here. born here? No, what? I was born in Buffalo, New York. And when did you come here? At the age of ten. Okay, so went to St. Anthony's. Okay, okay. So you, so you were here when the town was a small beach town. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and no. Davy back then was like a forty-five-minute trip through <laughs> a bunch of dirt well, dirt and gravel had, roads it was like alligator alley you know it was 84 one way in and one way out i know when and i take 595 i know i take people fishing and i i show them you know that whole 595 corridor yeah and i'm like you guys That's do insane. i guess you guys do realize that this all used to be just marshland and basically you know where wildlife would be now it's just concrete and cars for miles and then even surrounding davy you I mean, never went past. I mean, I remember you didn't even go past university, let alone no, State the, Road 7. Right, you were in the sticks. <laughs> you were in the like, sticks. Dude, they had freaking cows and tomato farms on Dixie Highway Do you remember we that? Kids. Griffin Road. Everybody be selling their tomatoes. Absolutely. It's just amazing how, um, you know, what's happened to South Florida in the last freaking 20 years and which is why our water is so screwed up. Yeah, we got water issues, infrastructure issues, government issues, overdevelopment issues, and then we have Miranda Farms out there in the middle of Davie just, just doing their thing. Keeping my shit together and so I don't lose it. <laughs> Chelsea, thanks for being on the Real Guy podcast. I think the audience is going to enjoy your story. And we look forward to seeing you out at Miranda Farms on October 24th for the big Ricky Valido concert. Nice. Eat local, support local. Know your farmer. I love that. Peace out. Run that dog. Run that dog.